I'm the only only human yeah. in history that's gotten you, smacked in the head by a meteor. You might need to, you know, yeah, piece my skull back together. But yeah, you know, I at least I'll be smiling. So, yeah, yeah. But and wearing my eclipse on tap shirt. Yeah, yeah. It just I'll be wearing eclipse glasses. Just put eclipse glasses on me when you bury me, please. to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me tonight is my other co-host, David. How's it going, everybody? Welcome. We're just sitting down here in the pub on a blizzard of a night. Just, oh, yeah. Just the worst weather you may have ever seen. Well, we're kind of in that, you know, that rut of uh, middle of winter and... The we dog got, days of winter, if you yeah, the, yeah, the winter blues are upon us. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, we're we're keeping warm. We're doing what we have to do. But uh, thankfully, we had a little bit of a thaw here. Yeah, uh, we did in January, we did. so it was good. We got outside a little bit, but it's been kind of up and yeah. down this winter. And uh, but luckily, during these cold times, we have some libations to uh, uh, to stay refreshed with, so to speak. So tonight, I'm drinking a. Uh, a very space-themed beer, as always, uh, from from Griffin Claw Brewing Company in Birmingham, Michigan, over on the east side of the state, uh, near Detroit. It's called Project Clementine, and it is a imperial IPA. Um, pretty hefty, yeah. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Nine percent ABV, so this will give you a kick in the mouth, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, put a little hair on the, the old chest, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, but shout out to Griffin Claw. This is a great beer. Uh, really, really tasty. Um, it's not uh, the the New England style IPA like you were talking about last episode where you had the uh, the tangerine IPA that tasted like orange yeah. juice. Yeah. It doesn't have that really juicy flavor, but I think the the type of hops they use or something kind of give it that that uh, hops is orange. So yeah, the the orange type flavor, but really cool can. It's got um, kind of the blueprints of like a space shuttle um, on the side. But it also has the blueprints of the Death Star and the Millennium Falcons. <laughs> Naturally. So it's uh, some some nonfiction, some fiction. Yeah. It's a great beer. Uh, it's a good one. But what are you drinking? Well, I uh, actually, we just got this tonight. So it's um, a local uh, kind of East Town, uh, Grand Rapids area uh, brewery called Harmony Brewing. Um, and we were sitting down and hanging out at the bar. And I looked over at the, uh, they have a chalkboard with all the, uh, you know, basically all everything they have on tap anything that's new that's on tap and uh one of them was star stuff yes. so naturally i said i said self you need to buy a growler of that yeah. so I, I brought a growler with me in the car filled that uh, sucker up and it's it packs a punch it's like 11.4 percent something so it's something yeah. hefty yeah. Uh, it's a little hefty so i'm i'm you know nursing yeah right now we're, we're kind of doing a little bit of a uh, little sip here and there but you mm-hmm. know it's pretty good i like it it's belgian uh double ipa yeah so pretty yeah. good but yeah, it's got the good belgian-y flavor i'm looking i think you know probably following the break maybe our, our beer choices will eclipse each other yeah and I'll, I'll get a whirl at that one too but yeah harmony has got some great stuff um we had a good uh a good dinner there Drinking a couple of different beers that they had, but they were they actually had a cool story about Star Stuff. Yeah. What, what was it they? So the heat. So the yeah the bartender kind of mentioned the 
first batch that they actually made had um, somebody that was actually working. Yeah, geologist. It was like a geologist, yeah, yeah. And she brought in like an actual meteorite and they tied it to a string and actually dunked it into the first batch that they actually made of this stuff. So that I don't think this exact batch that I have, I don't think that it, uh, it's been touched by a meteorite, mm-hmm. but uh, the first ever batch was, which is why they inspired. call it, yeah, yeah. They call it star stuff because of that. So, hey, that's pretty badass. It is really, pretty it's sweet. really cool. Yeah. And we got yeah. into a little talk with the bartender uh, who's someone, you know, we, we kind of know him casually. It's, it's a spot that uh, we've relatively frequently hit up. So he was telling us about this story and, and, and David and I have uh, oftentimes talked about maybe going back down to Hopkinsville or somewhere in the, in, in the south where they make yeah. real white dog whiskey unaged, get ourselves our own barrel and age our own whiskey, crack it on the, on the eclipse. 2024, uh, it would have aged for six or seven years. It'd be full bourbon at that point. It would have turned from a clear white dog whiskey to a full kind of a caramel-colored bourbon. Yeah, and we've talked about we were we were saying like so we we you added this meteor, meteorite you actually like straight up dunked it in the beer like, and it he took said, a bath in the beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and he said uh, something along the lines of well you know we didn't really worry too much about the flavor because it's in the boil of the beer and any sort of flavors that'd be infused like you know adverse flavors things that would not taste good yeah uh, would would filter out during the fermentation process. We've always talked about, well, it'd be really cool to get some sort of space-themed infusion to our bourbon, like a meteorite. <laughs> well, we were going to put, our initial thought was to actually go down to, back down to Hopkinsville and uh, get a dirt sample from <laughs> yeah. Affordable Dentures <laughs> yeah. and actually just put dirt in our... Yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> e- either way, like infusing... So we're thinking, though, and this bartender gave us some good insight. When you're doing this with beer, it's going to boil out or ferment out the flavors. But when you're aging bourbon, it's all in the cask. Everything stays inside. There's nothing fuming off the top. So if we put a meteorite in, we would we fear that the bourbon would taste like a like a penny, like just coppery, metally because it's so much metallic. The compound. the meteorite would at that point Dutch oven the whole batch. Of, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it would it would it's, it would be it would full it would full on taste like <laughs> Uh, it would taste worse, probably, uh, than what's what's the most comparable uh, beer that I know of. That it's uh, Steel Reserve tastes like nickels. Yes, yes. It would taste like a you're drinking a forty ounce of Steel Reserve. Yeah, but it's like fifty percent alcohol, <laughs> and it aged eight years or six and it, years. And, it's, oh, and by so. the way, it's homemade. <laughs> and by the way, yeah. so, yeah. so we, we, we gotta might, yeah. gotta tweak our recipe. Maybe we still will will potentially. Um, look into doing that because that would be really fun that would be cool i'd go as far as to say we might need to have people sign a waiver (laughs) yeah (laughs) before they drink it yeah for sure it it might uh, be we'll see we need to do some research before uh before we engage in that type of uh aging process because like if you think about the worst bourbon you've ever had in your whole life and then you just add nickels to it (laughs) You had, you had just a shitload of nickels to it. That probably how the Eclipse yeah. Untap whiskey would come out. But but it, it I don't know. We we got to figure that out. So. But it's nickels that have traveled through space and time yes. to reach. It's a metallic the compound that so, yeah. is from the deep corners of our of our universe. So maybe yeah. it'd be worth it. Yeah, it probably would. Be. Either way, it was a, it was an inspiring conversation with the bartender at Harmony. Uh, he's a good guy, and uh, we look forward to 
to featuring their beers on this podcast maybe in the future as well. So, but, uh, you know, we've been just uh, looking forward really to this episode. This is episode six. We're six months yeah. into this Eclipse on Tap project, which is um, pretty crazy, actually. Six months post-eclipse. Six months post-eclipse. It's like, yeah, it's like the uh, n- the New Testament, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, we're spreading the good word, the, the New Testament of the eclipse. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's been going, it's been like, it's gone by almost too quick because, you know, it's one of those, like those moments in life where you have like a, something that, you know, sticks out in your mind, like, you you know, whatever it is, like you went to, went to go see like your favorite rock band or whatever and you were the build-up was so you know intense and you finally went and then like the next day you're like oh no i can't believe it's already done like Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the thing with the eclipse only it was it it was one of those moments where it actually i think in my eyes it actually like the my expectations weren't even as high as actually it ended up being Mm -hmm. and so now it's like i can't believe like it, it hit me like a sack of bricks in the face and you know, six months later, like the next day you're thinking, oh shoot, I wish I could go back or like, wish we could experience it again, which is why we're going to chase the next eclipse uh, in Patagonia. But yeah, six months, it just, it's crazy how time flies. It's just, it's crazy. But yeah. And and really, you know, if you, if this is a first time listening for you, um, welcome. But uh, in addition to that, the goal of this podcast, as we've said before, really the intent is to spread the word about eclipses because there are people that probably were in the who knows they might have been in the path of totality but they didn't even know what was going on it we're we're trying to uh, engage our audience with not only eclipses but but astronomy and and space exploration and just just getting that whole vibe going yeah and uh, we've started to feel uh, a little bit of traction on that um we'll talk about that later at the end of the episode we'll, we'll shout out some of our listenership um, fortunately with, uh, with the, in this day and age, we have a lot of really cool analytics about who our listeners are, uh, as far as obviously not the, the details, but, but geography based, um, information, you know, where they're listening from. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, like I, you know, the biggest thing and the reason we want to do this, we're just a couple of guys that just want to casually talk about this kind of stuff because, this is the kind of stuff that we sit around and we hang out and this this is what we talk about and if we go out and it's the middle of the summer and we have our telescope out like my dad has this telescope out and we're we're out on the beach in Lake Michigan somewhere and like this is the kind of stuff that just fascinates us and we really kind of we you know sort of groove on just talking about this yeah and i just think it's just something that a lot of people need to you know chime in on and and be a part of and and if you're not really part of it and you're curious about it, you know, ha- give us a listen, you know, things like that. So that's that's really, you know, at this point where we want to take it. And, um, you know, we, we just kind of want to spark more interest. And we if you're already interested in it and you want to, you know, chime in and, you know, whatever it is, if you want to email us mm-hmm. or chat to us or whatever, that's, that's you know, we you know we can't ask for more than that. That's That'd be awesome. So, But, yeah, we've got a really, a really great, sh- great show for you today, some uh, – some interesting segments, but we're kind of just going to bounce around. Um, you know, last episode we had a really great interview with our friend John, the fourth uh, member of our of our group that went down to see the Hopkinsville eclipse uh, this last summer, uh, and so that kind of was structured around his interview. 
Uh, and if you haven't listened to that, it, it really is. I, I would say it's one of our, one of our, our better moments. Like it was yeah. just a, it was a good interview and it, and it just was a lot of fun to talk to John. So that was episode five, but, but moving on to this next episode, we obviously just talked a little bit about kind of just the fact that this is the six month anniversary of, of this project of the eclipse. Um, and, and kind of getting back to some of the, the fun things about the nature of this podcast, just the, yeah. the casual nature of this podcast. So, so we're going to just start off by uh, kicking it off with something a little bit different. If you listen a few episodes ago, we, we talked about around Thanksgiving time about Mad Mike Hughes, yeah, the flat earther. And yeah. uh, the funniest thing was that after that, after that episode, we actually had a small contingent of our listenership that was flat earthers. Um, and we talked about last time, we're, we're inclusive. If you, if you, if you really think the earth is flat, all the power to you. Power but, to you. But you know, we, and it's fun to debate that kind of stuff. Uh, we think otherwise, but we'll still update you because it's kind of, kind of funny, honestly. Um, what about Mad Mike Hughes? Yeah. Outside of the fact that a lot of, uh, legal issues have come about, I think, because of the fact that he was, uh, this is a dude with a homemade, um, uh, you could say, you know, right, yeah, full on. I mean, who knows? Who really knows how intricate the actual rocket is that he has? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you could call it whatever you want, but uh, I mean, for crying out loud, that it's a. I'm pretty sure it's a motorhome, is which is the launch pad. Um, so yeah, it's probably about as intricate as our homemade bourbon would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, about yeah, it, about as uh, up to par with uh, a John Deere lawnmower. But anyhow, so he. Apparently, February third is the day uh, that they they said you know he's gonna go off. He's on private property. Apparently, like uh, the federal government made him take it to fed, you know like to uh, actual you know private property. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see because it keeps getting postponed. So I don't really know. There's really no update other than the yeah. fact that this maniac is still <laughs> trying to yes. launch himself yeah. from a. RV. <laughs> yeah, and he was very passionate about the fact that the federal gov- the federal government declined him. Uh, I think for for totally justifiable reasons, but apparently he contacted someone from this Amboy, California. We were looking about it earlier, doing a little research about this topic. Yeah. This ghost town in the middle of the Californian desert that uh, he's going to uh, get authorization to launch from. He wants this to be very official. He has a, a TV company called Noise TV. Noise is spelt N-O-I backwards Z-E. So that's how you know it's good. Uh, and they're charging $5 uh, per viewer to actually watch this online, which is Do you incredible. think this guy actually wants, he actually is going to do this, or do you think this is just a total, like how many views on YouTube and how many views on like internet searches and shit like that can I get? Do yeah. you think, because at this point it's like, because I, I watched a YouTube video on a little like you know i think it was like washington post for crying out loud like website i think it was they had a link to a youtube video of him explaining what was going on and like he mentioned like well it's all over the news now i'm on this news network Mm -hmm. this it's just like at this point do you really have a solid platform that you're you know you you really have an argument and a basis for this whole uh you know flat earth thing or are you just looking like you just trying to get like internet views and yeah. all that kind of crap like i i struggle with that because it's 
at this point, it's been since November that he's been trying to launch himself. Yeah, is it a publicity from, yeah, stunt? Well, yeah. it, it's it, to me, it's like a no-brainer that it is. But it, I don't know. I I would I actually I don't think he actually has the the, you know, the balls to do it. I really don't. I but, don't think so either. You know, and I also don't think that he has the vehicle to do it with. So. Right. And the funny, <laughs> but, we've talked about this before. Yeah. His goal is to launch himself up a third of a mile. Like, yeah. What do you it's actually? Not, you're not gonna you. You can set up like a Estes rocket, you know, half that distance and just for fun. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just one of those things that it's it's kind of funny to look at. And and like we said, we're inclusive. If you're a flat earther, uh, we'd love to debate debate with you. But uh, this is just something kind of uh, interesting to kind of keep up with. Um, yeah. On top of his uh, very strict five dollar entry fee for viewing this uh, said launch. He also mentioned that any drones that people... Oh, yeah. Drones are the thing now. Obviously, you know, you can get a drone for... A really nice drone for $299. It's relatively relatively cheap. Yeah. If you if you decide that you want to go film this on your drone, he will shoot it down. <laughs> <laughs> he will literally shoot it down. So he's made that very clear. So for all, for all y'all that uh, are into drones, don't try it. So... I'm guessing he has a uh, some kind of posse that's going to be in mm-hmm. the woods or in the field somewhere, <laughs> like bodyguard, because obviously he's not going to be physically shooting anything down if he's in the rocket while a drone or, or is Or will flying. he? Or will he, yes. <laughs> with no, a mounted machine like gun? <laughs> Buzz Lightyear oh, over here with a freaking missile off the side of his rocket. That's kind of what it yeah. sounds. You know, when you yeah. really look at it, the the this this uh, this whole venture of his... If you were to compare it to something fictional, it would be Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So <laughs> to he, infinity and beyond. Yep. And if he, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but I, really, nothing would surprise me. So um, I mean, it would. It very entertaining to see, but I'm not going to pay five dollars to see it. I'll, no, I'll, I'll read the newspaper, or um, you know, especially from a company called whatever. Noise TV, spelled N-O-I backwards Z-E. Yeah. I'm not paying. Uh, well, well I'm not giving them my credit card. That's a scam. That's a scam. <laughs> no, uh, that that not. sounds like something where you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be getting a two hundred dollar charge to your card a little later on, yeah. trying to see if you don't notice. But um, anyhow, Mad Mike, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So he he's. He's doing you know, he, he, he'll he do him and we'll do us. So that's just one of those, that's that's what that, we'll leave that there. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, moving on to the next segment. This 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 one hits home, literally. That's the worst pun ever. Uh, a Michigan meteor. So uh, just recently, a few weeks back, if you live in Michigan, I'm sure you heard the news. If not, uh, then maybe this is news to you. Uh, we had a, a relatively large meteor. I mean, we're talking still quite small on the scale of things. Um, yeah. But something that was very visible burning up through the atmosphere at its at its final stages of entry, um, visible to primarily the southeastern part of Michigan. Uh, and even some people in Grand Rapids mentioned that they could still see it. Yeah. Um, like yeah. your dad had the co-worker with the video yeah. of, of this fireball falling from the sky. So a lot of people were really um, frightened by it. This fireball ball falling from the sky while they're driving, or whatever it may be, almost looked like a flash of lightning, maybe. Yep. Um, not to mention that it caused a 2.0 magnitude earthquake to the whole surrounding area, uh, where it hit in New Haven, Michigan, about 40 miles northeast of Detroit. Something pretty, you know, pretty rare to to have seen in such a populated area. 
and it was even with the the size that it was it still wasn't detectable um right coming through the atmosphere so yeah it it just goes to show you I, the first thing i thought of was you know what would it actually be like if it was actually a substantial size where yeah, it was yeah. okay this thing's you know whatever how many kilometers like a couple of kilometers wide or whatever and it actually was you know tumbling through the atmosphere going to hit earth yeah. like something that small where it wasn't even detectable still caused a little bit of a, a, little, a ruckus a you know? seismic event yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you would think it, it's kind of a little bit frightening to think something that's you know actually uh, mm -hmm. a legitimate size that comes through that's detectable and uh that could really cause a yeah. issue yeah yeah absolutely you know you, you look back at some of these some of these meteors, I think there was that one we were talking about in the late 1800s that hit Russia that was about the size of like a football field, maybe maybe uh, about that large, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and it just wiped out just oh an immense amount of land. Miles of, um, of like forest. Uh, yeah, gone. just yeah. cleared it out. Vapor, it just crazy amount of impact. It, a lot of it has to do too with the angle at which this meteorite hits. Yeah. Um, but they call it a bolide, which is a term for an, any sort of object entering Earth's atmosphere and kind of burning up in the process. So it, it created this this stunning visual um, appearance. This is fireball for a split second. looks like a flash of lightning. Uh, I actually didn't see it. I was in, indoors, and I think you were as well, right? Yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, yeah. My dad caught a glimpse of it. Uh, he lives on the east side of the state, and I know uh, several other people on the east side of the state that, that caught a glimpse like we already mentioned, uh, your dad's coworker yep. has a really awesome security cam home video of it um, that didn't NASA actually use it? Yeah, NASA yeah. actually uh, asked to use that because that's actually the only one that you, the only video that, that's known that you can actually see the whole thing. Where it's like um, a stable, yeah. very very static video yeah. with a fireball coming down. Yeah. Yep, it's the, it's the only one that they have found that you can actually see the entire thing coming down, but um, and, so and the, it, one of the interesting things too, I know your your dad was saying this, that this coworker you know has this video, NASA. Well, I think he sent it to, into the local news, mm -hmm. and then NASA from there kind of swept in and said, "Hey, this is a great video. We'd like to use this." Not only because it was what you were just saying, but also because they wanted to actually gauge how big the stars were from the visual standpoint of his home, mm -hmm. and how big the meteor was coming down and somehow mathematically gauge how large the meteor estimated was mm -hmm. which is just crazy because it's like they're just using all these digital imaging techniques like okay this this star from this household camera obviously it looks like a small dot but we really you know just all these crazy parameters trying to figure out how big this thing was yeah and um and then on top of that you, you a week or so later we ha you have people in the news that are going out hunting for these little chips and fragments, fragments of, of yeah. meteors. Which they were finding. They were finding, yeah. yeah. They were yeah. finding. And uh, apparently they're worth quite a lot of money. So yeah. um, these these meteorite hunters, um, they're working hard out there. They're, they're, they're trying to find every little bit they can. So. Yeah, which it's kind of like the they're coming out of the woodwork, kind of like uh, Eclipse Chasers. But yes. It, which <laughs> would be a blast if, you know, if... if that's what you like to do. That's your hobby. That's hell yeah. All the power to you. I mean, I can't imagine how hard it would be to actually find. You would take. Mm -hmm. It would. It's like a needle in a haystack at that point. Yeah, I don't know for, if they. You know, 
I'm assuming it has some sort of metallic-y compound, so they could use a metal yeah. detector, but I still, I mean... Well, still, you think of the, the yeah. path that it actually went down, and you, you, at that point, you're basically, you're going off of, okay, we're, we think it went this direction, we think it went, you know, over this area, vicinity, so you're still, even if you have, you know, all the detectors and all, everything that you can possibly imagine, you're still, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, you're you're walking around all day, all night trying to find the right areas but you know within a week or so we were you know looking on the news local news um you know there people were finding fragments of it yeah. which is pretty badass but um yeah it's a, that would be a full-time job yeah it would be and yeah. it uh yeah but it was it was a surprise for people it did cause a small seismic event i think it was something like people saw the flash they saw the meteor uh coming in burning up and then they had about three minutes or four minutes later they felt the kind of the shake and that is an incredible feeling i don't like there was a, a period i was actually living south of, of here in kalamazoo i think it was about three years ago and there was a small earthquake about uh it was a little larger than what we're saying here it wasn't 2.0 it was about a 4.0 magnitude but i remember sitting in my home and, and seeing like the dishes in my sink rattle a little bit and just that's the strangest feeling yeah. and so even just get a little shake from that just the fact that this thing is just smacking the earth that hard to oh, cause yeah. this, it's that's incredible. Something that small, like that, go back to what I was saying. Just, you, I can't imagine anything that's actually of real significant size. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, it would it would be devastating. I mean, literally, like would vaporize. Yeah, you know stuff. So it, yeah, it's it's kind of it's crazy, but that's you know the other crazy thing I think of is you know we we have thousands of these like you know micro meteorites that hit our earth on a mm -hmm. daily basis but the chance of like a an actual decent sized one like even the one that we had in michigan and all that kind of stuff like actually getting through the atmosphere and obviously you know burning up a little bit and breaking apart before it really actually impacts mm -hmm. um you you just kind of like start to think like the odds of that happening just based on like yeah. the, how spread apart the whole solar system is and the universe is in general. Right. It just it's crazy. Like it tells you that there's there's a lot of stuff flying around. Like yeah. Crazy. Like it, it. That's the thing is it's just you can't predict it. I mean, in most cases you can't. In some cases you can. You know, NASA has the ability to track a lot of these that are really of significant size where you're like okay. This thing's five kilometers wide. It's big yeah. enough we can track it, and we've been, you know, we've been following it. It's orbiting, you know, in this direction or whatever. But right. um, I don't know the amount of stuff that sneaks through yeah. on a daily basis. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, because you wonder yeah. too, like how much, how many of these uh, these types of meteors are flying I into areas that are maybe significantly less populated. Yeah. Um, it is interesting you know, this one falling in such a populated area south southeast michigan is is by far the most populated part of our state uh and so many people getting the chance to see this i wish i could have caught a glimpse at it it would have been I awesome wish, yeah uh just to see something like that just literally out of this world you wonder too about what you're saying everything's so spread out in space like where where did this originate from? Yeah. Like what kind of? It's just it's like what we were talking about with the asteroid, the turd shaped, the turd shaped asteroid. The turd asteroid, asteroid. Yeah. Where the where the hell did that thing come from? Yeah. And it's shooting towards us. 
at I mean we we covered I mean I I can't even remember how, like how so fast eighty five thousand miles per hour yeah, or something something like that. absolutely yeah. insane you you can't even fathom and it's the thing it like where that where is it shooting like obviously it probably came from a star or another you know solar system or something like that but you wonder where it came from I I don't know yeah I found myself thinking about that lately just where where is all this stuff coming from like is there you know What's going on out there? I, yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. Is you just kind of like, it, you you start thinking about it too much and it just you blows your mind. It so hurts you just, your head. Yeah. You just kind of you know you you just sit at the bar and you have a beer. So that that's what you do. But didn't we? I think there was something where there was actually um, a meteorite that went through. Um, this was a long long time ago. Um, actually, through a house and hit, oh, yeah, yeah, hit a yeah. woman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I think it was in the 50s. Yeah. Um, it, it was incredible. Okay, know. and it, she didn't even, it didn't even, like, I mean, she got some, uh, obviously some bruising from it, but I think it, like, skimmed her. Yeah. Like, she was sitting on a rocking just, chair. Just like, crazy. She was taking she a nap. Went, yeah. Or, like, yeah, taking this, a nap. This woman, Ann Hodges was her yeah. name, back in 1954 in, in her Alabama home, in the comfort of her southern home, Sitting in the rocking chair, taking a nap, just gets smacked by a meteorite coming right through her. Looks roof. like she's got some cushion though, so that's good. Yeah, she <laughs> she she was a she was a little bit of a larger woman. Yeah, uh, so. fe- festively plump. Yeah. Um, but wow, she actually I think to this to this day, which this actually this fact isn't surprising to me because it's just the odds are incredible. She is the only person that is noted at least to have been sm- smacked by a meteorite, um, and survived it that we know I, that's i i literally like i cannot believe that she survived that like yeah. a little bit if that thing would have hit her like dead on because it obviously like skimmed her like torso a little bit but yeah like it's just the bruising on the her her stomach is ridiculous yeah it is crazy it's yeah. one of the strangest bruises you've ever seen and the, this yeah. is from national geographic uh, when they posted this story back in 2013 said on a clear afternoon in Silacauga, Alabama, 1954. She was napping on her couch, actually, sorry, not her rocking chair, covered by quilts. So the woman loved quilts. Maybe quilts yeah. saved her life. It, um, it could have. There, there might be some science there. Yeah, that we don't that, know that's a life lesson. If you put some quilts on, you might get hit by a meteor. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. softball-sized hunk of black rock broke through her ceiling, bounced off a radio. So that is one thing I actually didn't know coming into this. It didn't hit her directly. Came through the ceiling, bounced off a radio, hit her in her thigh, and left a pineapple-shaped bruise. It's an mm. interesting description of the bruise. Pineapple-shaped. No, it's not yeah. oval. It's, <laughs> it's pineapple-shaped. It's about the size of a pineapple. Uh, Anne's story was particularly rare because most meteorites usually fall into the ocean or strike one of Earth's vast remote places, according to Michael Reynolds, a Florida State College astronomer. So, yeah, just... What the hell? How how did we, that ever happen? We could have one come through the house right now if we were like we literally like that that could happen. Yeah, and you know, let's, it's, let's, you know, if if a meteorite hits me square in the head and that's how I that's how I leave this earth, then so be it. I'll be that, a happy that, man. That, I'll be a happy man. That. <laughs> I'm the only only human yeah. in history that's gotten you, smacked in the head by a meteorite. You might need to, you know, <laughs> yeah, piece my skull back together, but yeah, you know, I at least I'll be smiling. So, yeah. yeah. But and wearing my eclipse on tap shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It just I'll be wearing eclipse glasses. Just put eclipse glasses <laughs> on me when you bury me, please. Yes. 
please. Oh man. So yeah. some interesting stats about how rare that was, just for fun. Uh, it says, think about how many people have lived throughout human history. You have a better chance of getting hit by a term- tornado and a bolt of lightning and a hurricane at the same time. The three worst natural disasters <laughs> possible: tornado, hurricane, and lightning, just all at once, then getting hit by a meteorite. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, I, I if I were her, yeah, shit, I'm, I would not have uh, gone to uh, buy a lotto ticket for. Yeah, yeah no, not not that day, no. Or I would have actually. Uh, depends on how you look at it. I'm lucky to be hit by a meteor. Yeah. Or. <laughs> Or I'm not. What's so What's I, crazy too is I I think for, like this the size of this one this pineapple shaped one they're talking about from 1954, I don't think it was that much smaller or bigger for that matter than the one that just came down, like as they they said others witnessed this as a fireball like a gigantic welding arc, so people saw this thing like burning through the atmosphere and it just so happened to hit a woman, it hit her radio and bounced off her gullet and yeah. She lived to see the light of day. <laughs> just, just nuts. Bless her heart. Apparently, um, she was uh, she was met with some uh, some haters. There were some people that were not in belief that she was hit by a meteorite, but a government geologist working in a nearby quarry uh, was called in to the scene, to the scene of the crime, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, confirmed that it was indeed a meteorite. To me, that would be a good day. If I got smacked, but I I lived, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's all right. I won. You know, I, I won. I, I beat the meteorite. It hit me. One yeah. one interesting thing here, there was there there like the the fallout from this whole scenario in 1954, kind of interesting. And, and again, this is from National Geographic's coverage of 2013 when they when they posted this. The people wanted the meteorite. People said, okay, this this hit this woman. This is worth a lot of money. And Somebody, I guess, their landlady wanted it for them for herself. The land, the landlady of the house she was living in. So the landlady obtained a lawyer and sued that, since the rock was hers, it fell on her property. Even though it hit this woman, it fell on her property. It it should be hers, and uh, she settled out of court, exchanged the meteorite for five hundred dollars, but then later, uh, after the meteorite was donated to the Natural History Museum in 1956, where it actually is still on display. That'd be cool. Cool to see. Yeah. Uh, The woman that actually was hit later suffered from a nervous breakdown in 1964 and separated from pretty much everyone she was, everyone she loved. I I guess maybe she, I don't know, maybe she could. It's a strange ending to the story. Um, There's a lot more detail. to this than I actually thought there was. I thought it was just some lady got smacked yeah. in the the uh, the gut with a <laughs> meteorite, and uh, then we all said our piece and we walked away. And, yeah. But apparently, oh, okay. Well, so the yeah. I think it's just the fact that it's it's such a rare thing. People want to pay money for it, and maybe yeah. she parted with it for a little cheaper than she realized, and then found out how. Well, how you much... figure you figure back back then five hundred bucks. You know, it was a lot more than it is now for yeah. sure. But... Yeah. Yeah. But some rando on eBay would pay ridiculous buku amount of yeah. money for well, this that'd be, nowadays. That'd be five grand on eBay. Oh, for know, sure, easily. Bit. Or or more. I, I mean, once again, I I wouldn't really know the the correct cost of a a fresh uh, fresh meteorite. Yeah, we'd have to contact uh, one of these Michigan meteor hunters. That should be a pretty freaking cool interview. Yeah, maybe we could. Uh, we could do that. We could coordinate we could that. that up. Coordinate that. 
But yeah, so that's the Michigan Meteor. Get, well, got us down a little rabbit hole, but a good time. I think that uh, you know, given that we've got a couple a couple good stories under our belt, I, I know my my beverage is is looking a little dry. I could use a refill, so it yeah. uh, might be a good spot for a break. Uh, but we'll be back with you in just a few minutes with uh, a couple more uh, interesting segments for you, and, and of course a couple a couple new beers. We got some good stuff for you right after the break. Yeah, we'll see you in just a minute. Though. back to Eclipse on Tap. We're back from our break with a couple of new beers. Uh, I'm switching it up, going with the Star Stuff from Harmony, the one that David started out with. I just took my first sip, and it is fantastic. Very, oh, yeah. very good. Tasty. I'm, uh, I, too, went back to that, and I also have a, uh, a Labatt Blue. <laughs> so, <laughs> why not? Yeah, yeah so, uh, you know, just thought, why not? Get a little little uh, Labatt uh, Labatt Blue. I'm a hockey guy, so yeah, it's featuring a Detroit know. Red Wings can, a special yeah. edition. That's the only reason I bought it, really, is because it's in a Red Wings can. So uh, it's that time of the know. year. It's it's winter in Michigan. You gotta you gotta get into the hockey spirit. I'm a sucker for the uh, the advertising. I tell you, I, you know, it's it's uh, that's why they pay the marketing folks yeah. the big bucks. Yeah, for idiots like me. So <laughs> for idiots like me too, I get into marketing myself with, uh, with plenty of different things. Yeah. Um, first off, though, we need to update you on a very rare event that uh, we all just witnessed: the recent lunar eclipse. Um, not just a lunar eclipse. If you followed the the space news, if you follow it frequently at all, you know it was the super blue blood moon eclipse. Oh yeah. So that just happened, uh, just this last week. Was that Wednesday? Yep, Wednesday morning um, for us. Uh, so I got up. I think totality was supposed to be peaking around about ten to seven. Yeah, seven fifty. Yep. Um, or six fifty or whatever. But um, was it? I think it was seven fifty. Was it seven fifty? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that was. I mean, like it was, it was setting think, for us. I think yeah. honestly, the start of it was like Earlier. we would have been able to see the start at. Six something uh, yeah. at like a yeah. quarter to or a quarter to seven or whatever it yep. was. Okay, and then totality would have been around seven, but it was too it was too cloudy anyway. Um, but I got up around six thirty, and you could see the moon, um, you know, through the clouds a little bit, but it wasn't like it wasn't. It was just too too cloudy. You had to like stand there and look through the clouds, and even then, obviously, it hadn't even started yet. So I kind of wanted to just get up and see you know obviously i was getting up for work anyway but um it was uh unfortunately you know i, I think it was just the time uh the, you know the time and date type deal you know whatever you know we we kind of missed out on a, a prime viewing of it but um, yeah still cool nonetheless so yeah our geography wasn't wasn't the best even if we had perfect conditions where uh, in some way, it was still dark enough to see the moon. If it was a crystal clear day and we could still see a, a glimpse of the moon, even after it, um, the sun had started to come up, uh, we would have only actually had totality. I think it was four minutes. Yeah. So um, there, there was a, a good amount of time, though, if you're on the western part of the United States, where you're getting 
well over an hour of totality. Yeah. Uh, so anyone in the Western U.S., California, uh, Utah, Arizona, those areas, uh, Washington State, um, and then out into the Pacific through through Hawaii, all the way to the eastern part of Asia, Japan, Australia, uh, you were in your prime zone. So I hope if you were in those areas that you saw it and you enjoyed it, uh, yeah. because it was particularly rare. Um, to kind of break down that term NASA was using, which was super blue blood moon. Blood moon meaning it's an eclipsed moon, the earth is blocking out the sun, and so the moon therefore is gonna look that rust red yep. color because of the atmosphere. Yeah, and our, our second uh, full moon of the month, um, you know, that that's where we get the, the blue moon from yep, and all the blue. that, so. Yep. Um, but it, it was very, very rare occurrence actually and I didn't actually really know or you know I, I was excited about it I was looking forward to it but uh, the few days beforehand obviously I was looking at the uh, forecast and I knew it was gonna be cloudy and I'm it's kinda like crap you know yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to see it but I knew you know I was gonna at least try uh, you know before work and you know get out there and kinda look up um, but I think the the biggest thing that I didn't really realize is that it was the first time since the 1800s that it's actually been this actual like specific circumstance where it was you know the the super blue blood moon right um, and you know that so that was kind of a kind of a cool little little thing for the month but yeah uh, eight, and for 18, the year, but. 1866 was the last time in, uh, that was visible in the U.S. Obviously, we already covered what blood, moon, and blue moon meant, and then the super moon just being that when the full moon uh, just so happens to be occurring at the same time when it's at its uh, its perigee. So it's it's its closest point in the orbit of the er uh, to the Earth. So it's looking. I think they said fourteen percent larger than yeah. normal full yeah. moon. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool to if you know if you did get a glimpse of it. We encourage you, like always, with all the eclipses and celestial events, send us a photo if you if you took a cool photo, even with your phone or something. Uh, yeah. we, we'd love to see it because we didn't get to really get the glimpse that we were hoping for, um, just because we were in because of our geography. It had nothing yeah. to do with the planning or the timing. It was more just the geography of it all. Um, but I was talking to my, my good friend Matt, who lives down in Gainesville, Florida. Obviously, the same kind of general time zone as us in the eastern. Uh, part of the United States didn't get the best glimpse of it, but did get a chance to see uh, a little a little part of the partial. Um, but he and I were talking, and a shout out to him. We were chatting about next year, 2019. Um, I think it's also in January. We are going to get another uh, uh, lunar eclipse, total lunar eclipse, and that is going to be uh, right dead center in our Midwest area. So, so those of you that saw the totality in California, further west, that's going to be us coming yeah. next year. And on top of it, it's on a Sunday night, right around midnight. So we don't have to wake up super early or anything. We can just maybe stay up a little later on midnight and get a glimpse of that totality. So yeah. so that would be really great. Um, he and I were talking about that, discussing, uh, already looking forward to next year's total lunar eclipse. Yeah, that, um, that'll be that'll be good. That'll be something, something to kind of... I guess uh, get your fix of eclipses in between these uh, yes. solar eclipses that we have that are more spread out, um, a little bit more sparse, uh, just based on the fact that you know solar eclipses are 
little bit more rare because of uh, you know obviously the the different aspects to them uh, as opposed to a, a lunar eclipse but um, you know definitely something to kind of you know keep keep the interest and keep this uh, the excitement going in between all the the solar eclipses that we have obviously even lunar eclipses I looking at photos of this uh, current one that we had online and it was even I mean it was actually really cool to see some of the actual yeah. photos. Some, some of the places, you know, out in out west that people uh, that took, uh, it was actually, it was it was pretty cool, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, the people so. that took their partial eclipses all the way through till totality and then put it as a composite, kind of like yeah. we've done for the total solar eclipse, but for the lunar, it, it was really cool, very cool to see. Yeah, so um, you know that's like I said, something to kind of keep the keep the interest going, keep the excitement going, little things like that. Like that's the kind of thing that we want to keep, you know, like for me, um, you know, eventually down the road, like I want, you know, my own family to be excited about little things like this, where it's, you know, look up, check these things out and get excited about them because it's, there's more to life than, than, uh, you know, looking at your phone and all that kind of crap. So, I mean, yeah. look up and, and get excited about these things, get up early and, even if it sounds crazy, get up early and stand outside in, in 12 degrees in the middle of the winter, you know. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So Yeah, the kind of our mantra of the podcast uh, is to get out and look up, you know. Yeah, and there, there's a, uh, with every lunar eclipse that occurs, obviously there's a, uh, a s uh, actual solar eclipse that uh, takes place alongside, or, right. or almost, you know, Basically, within the the next, is it a, a month, a couple or months, so, yeah. or a couple months yeah. after? Um, so there will be, and I don't believe this one's going to be a even a um, any kind of you know total eclipse or um, annular eclipse. It'll be a just a partial, a partial. Um, but it'll be a very small portion. It'll be a very remote portion of the Earth that can see it. Um, yeah. and I believe it's going to be. I want to say Antarctica. Yeah, somewhere um, in the so, south. Yeah, south so, Pacific. So the 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 actual uh, accompanying um, you know solar eclipse with this lunar eclipse will be will be that. So, um, but more to come on that. We can touch base on that you know uh, coming up here in the next month or so. But we'll Definitely. keep we'll keep an eye on it. But um, obviously that one will be I think about a I think I read it'll be close to a ballpark of you know seventy five eighty percent. You know, partial. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's Defin exciting too. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's just neat to know just the way that the orbits work uh, for the moon and the earth uh, around the sun, that you do get these accompanying events. Mm -hmm. um, something to, uh, to look forward to, like you said. Keep that flame alive. Keep the astronomy flame alive yep. to continue getting out and looking up. Uh, we've started to use that as a hashtag on our social media get out look up um yep. just kind of the mantra of what we're trying to to spread the word on yep but so uh, like like we said if you got to see the lunar total lunar eclipse um that's amazing we're we're looking forward to maybe seeing a couple of uh of listeners photos if you happen to be i know i know a few people out in california I don't, i'm not sure if they snapped a photo but if they did i'd like to see it yeah hopefully um, yeah hopefully you did i mean that's the thing is if you can if you have a good photo and uh, you, know, you listen to us or 
you know, you, you want to share it with us, and that, that's the biggest thing for us. And you know, we'll we just want to see it. And, and yeah. if you if you want, would like us to, we can also share it and that kind of thing. But you know, let us know if you would like us to do that, and we'll. I know it, it's just good to kind of get. Um, instead of the the mainstream media images and all that, it'd right. be good to get some you know some personal photos that you might have of of the uh, lunar eclipse and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's one thing to go online and search yeah. total lunar eclipse and see this cool, you know, it's an amazing image, a beautiful image of a rust-colored moon, but it's cool to see somebody just took it with their phone, you know, yeah. and, and it's just, it kind of puts it into perspective a little bit more, Yeah, especially if it's from a listener. Yep. Um, but that's that's the news about the lunar eclipse. Um, moving on to the next segment, back kind of a follow-up to our main segment from last episode, episode five, which is the Falcon Heavy. What oh we, yeah. What we called was the main buzz in space news, which I think it still is, arguably. They might as well call it the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, seriously. This is this is the coolest thing. Elon Musk is is a pretty amazing uh, human being for what he's accomplished. But this is probably I, I think if you were to ask him, this would be maybe one of the pinnacles of his of his career as it's starting to unfold. Hopefully, things continue to go successful. Uh, with with everything in preparation for this launch, but what it, so launches on tentatively? It's, it's coming up this week. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's been very up in the air because I think they're being very careful with the fact that obviously this is this is a big deal and they they want it to you know go successfully. So they actually did a you know a hold down uh, test. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, and yep. they, uh, that went successfully, but, uh, I think, you know, you can, you can definitely see, you know, looking at this from like the, the broad, you know, uh, image here. Okay. We had the, the actual announcement that this was actually going to happen. Then we had, you know, obviously the, um, the spacecraft was actually on, you know, pad 39A. They actually raised it up, got it, you know, actually mounted correctly. Everything's good. That they did the actual test and then from there they're gonna they're waiting it's just a constant it's a waiting game i think yeah. at this point and i'm not you know i'm not an astrophysicist i'm not a engineer i'm not a you know anything like that but i would think it's just a matter of they're they're trying to um just make sure everything's good to go yep. and make sure everything is uh it you know there's i think there's there's so many things that can go wrong that they're you know to me, I would rather be a little bit more patient and hold out to the right moment to launch, and instead of trying to do it because of you know we just want to get this thing up in the air, we want to show people that we can do it. Mm-hmm. I would rather just you know that's just my point of view, and I think that's what they're doing. I think it's just a there's no real rush. They want to do it, you know. If even if it takes another month, if something goes wrong, or if they have another test and something doesn't look right, they'll probably wait even longer, and um, that's just the name of the game that's just yeah. what, that's what they're doing so it's yeah with the amount of money yeah. and the technology and the effort put into it it, it makes sense i think the tentative yeah. launch date is february 6th so if you're listening to this first thing on thursday morning february 8th when we post it there's a chance that it may have already been uh launched and hopefully you got to see that but if not you know there's a very likely chance that maybe weather weather is a huge issue uh for for rocket launches we've seen with with SpaceX's uh, Falcon 9 launches, very scheduled date. They're pretty routine nowadays, but
but still, even then, you know, they have a set date, set time. They many times kick it to the next day, kick yeah. it to the next day, even after that, because of weather issues. Um, kick it from a morning launch to a night launch based on wind or it's all sorts of things that they have to consider. So that February sixth date, I think, is very fluid. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's just the the fact that this is this is a much. I mean, not to you know the the regular Falcon Nine. I mean, I, I that is remarkable uh, in and of itself, but. I think the Falcon Heavy, it's another ballpark. So yeah. they're, I think they're just trying to make sure everything is perfect before they actually do anything. So I, right. I could see it going another couple of weeks or so. Yeah. I think they, their goal was even initially they were saying end of January. And obviously it's gotten postponed till now. But yep. I, you know, I don't blame them. If it's the amount of money and resources they put into the thing... Uh, and, and manpower and brain power, all that kind of stuff. It's like you you don't really want to just um, you know hope everything's good and and not check every nut and bolt before you actually do it. So right. I think they're 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 playing it smart. And I think there's just a, a it's just once it does go, I can't wait because it's, it's going to be, be awesome, absolutely oh, amazing. But um, I I respect them for taking the the amount of time that they have just to make sure everything's going to be good i mean this thing's sit, been sitting on the launch pad for a month now right um so they they definitely want to make sure it's done right and it, and they don't have to uh you know collect a bunch of pieces on the ground if it you know yeah if they prematurely launch and it, it you know explodes falls apart it, yeah. so something crazy yep. so that, that that's i i would think within the next two weeks for sure but um and who knows, Tuesday or, you know, whatever it is, uh, Monday or yeah. Tuesday, it could be the day. So It could be. Just given the fact that the, the Falcon Heavy, as we spoke about in Episode 5, is built corely off of the Falcon 9 engines. Uh, you've got essentially three Falcon 9s strapped together uh, in a way, to put it simply. Um, given that those Falcon 9s are so routine, you, you would think that maybe uh, he's got some of the logistics built in from what he's learned from the Falcon 9 launches over the years, uh, kind of putting that into the Falcon Heavy. But like what you said as well, it is a whole new ball game. It's it's the largest, or it's the most powerful rocket ever ever built. So so to just throw it up there without any, you know, caution, it's just yeah. uh, a little a little bit, I don't know, not, you need to be conservative with it. Oh, yeah. But the hold down yeah. test was very successful. Um, they fired up the rockets and uh it, it created quite a quite a cloud of yeah. uh of smoke it was it was pretty cool to see just to just to get a sense of the power that thing has once it's unleashed oh man i can't wait yeah i that's the thing is it's for as small as it looks compared to like a saturn 5 rocket i mean it's it, you definitely know you can you can use the term uh you know it's not the size that matters, right? Because it's it's the thing is, uh, you know, as far as a, a power standpoint, it's how many times was it stronger or more powerful than the more thrust than the actual the Saturn V? Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah it's, significantly yeah, more. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like almost it's over twice as much thrust as the Saturn V. So yeah. it's um, definitely definitely a, uh, a packs a punch, but. 
from a, a height standpoint, it's, uh, you know, about half the size. Yeah, it's, so it's, it doesn't, yeah, it definitely doesn't look yeah. nearly as uh, substantial. It's very efficiently built. Yeah. Uh, as we spoke about last episode, uh, we, we talked a little bit more about the kind of the technical details of the rocket. But we'll be very much looking forward to that, uh, probably more than anything else up this upcoming month of February. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is still continuing to be the buzz in space news. So uh, Falcon Heavy, keep your eyes peeled. We'll hope for a good launch. We'll move on to kind of our closing segment here, which is our astronaut of the month and our planet of the month. Yeah, we'll kick it off with the astronaut of the month, uh, who is Neil Armstrong. Neil. And I, I, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, I can't believe we haven't really touched, uh, touched base on Neil yet. Um, but obviously we've only had six episodes here, so we're, uh, we're kind of, you know, we got plenty of, plenty of time to get up to speed on everybody uh, that we want to touch base on. But, you know, I, I really think like the, the the ones that we really want to hit first are the Apollo uh, astronauts. Um, so it, many of which were you know part of the, the even earlier uh, space programs as well. So Neil, yeah, Neil, Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon. Crazy. Um, I my first thought is number one. I mean we we'll get into a little bit you know we'll we'll touch on a little bit more detail. But his age, like. I can't imagine being like 30 years old and I'm on a uh, spacecraft headed to the moon. Yeah. I, I really can't, you know, like can't really boggles the mind. I yeah. Think. Like I just can't imagine. Cause uh, I, you know, given that it's, yeah. it's like our general age range where we are, yeah. you and I are right now yeah. just thinking like, all right, where we're at right now in life. But on a spacecraft going to the moon. Yeah, I mean the guy uh, obviously test pilot, um, you know, fought in the Navy, uh, you know, in the in the Korean War. Um, it, it just, I, I just at the same time, like I, I guess uh, obviously they had the right stuff, and they were they were part of a group of guys that you know were a little bit bulletproof, ten feet tall and bulletproof, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a nerve standpoint. But to be, you know. 30 years old and you know obviously you've gone and you you've flown how many jets and how many you know whatever it is it's just crazy crazy to think about actually the first man stepping on the moon and you're 30 years old and you're you know you have the whole world literally the whole world watching you so but he's the man he's he did it um along with his amazing crew and uh, obviously NASA and the support of the the hard paying taxpayers of the United States mm-hmm. that uh, that helped him helped him get there help helped NASA get there and uh, and then obviously Kennedy who was the one that sparked the whole uh, inspiration to do it right. um, so um, we we have to talk about this guy yeah yeah he along yeah. with uh, with Buzz Aldrin of course stepped foot on the moon. He was the first to step foot on the moon, followed by, by, by his crewmate Buzz, uh, and then Mike Collins was up uh, orbiting the moon um, in the command module. But so uh, Neil was uh, the command pilot of Gemini Eight, so he actually got his start as far as uh, space travel back in, like you said, in in the earlier days yep. of uh, of the NASA program, um, and then. 
was uh, given the role of commander of Apollo 11, what he's most famous for, as we've just touched on, uh, the first manned mission to the to the moon and it, that involved landing on the moon. Yeah. Um, and everyone knows his quote, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. It is, it's the quote. It's the quote that embodies all of uh, human space exploration. Yeah. Um, just... That quote is it means everything to 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 what Apollo meant, uh, but what all future space exploration means for for all of uh, mankind, whether it's Mars or beyond. Um, it's an amazing quote. Yeah, and it, it, to to come from a very quiet spoken and humble guy um, mm-hmm. like like Neil. Um, he, you know, the guy was extremely intelligent, you know, like aerospace engineer, uh, test pilot, naval avi- aviator. Um, it, it's one of those, how do you, like, I wish I, I wish I could do that, you know, like, I wish I had the, the drive that I, I could have, you know, done something like that too, but, you know, I, I, that's why I respect these guys so much is that, you know, they, they went and they, they were, they were true badasses that yep. went and they they just they they were full on intelligent you know um hard working guys that went out and they they fought in in for our, fought for our country and also got us you know through the early days of the dangerous as hell space program you know back in Gemini mm-hmm. like all that stuff like Apollo you think about the technology that we had back then, ridiculous. It's like flying a tin can through space. Yeah, yeah. And and at the same time, that was top of the line technology. Um, but to be thirty years old and doing that, um, obviously, you had to have the resume to get you to that point and to get picked to be part of the space program. But like some of these guys, I just, I it really blows. Like he, along with like Buzz Aldrin, and like obviously we've we've talked about Jim Lovell, um, but it's it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. These these guys were, like they had the whole deal. They had, they had the whole package. They had the right stuff to do it. So it was, ah man, I can't I can't really imagine like being obviously like in in the age that I am now and flying to the moon and walking on being the first person to walk on another another you know heavenly body of the yeah. moon, like such as the moon so it's crazy yeah and it's just he he lived an incredible life uh that be, m- most likely being the highlight yeah. of his life i can only imagine uh he uh he passed away in 2012 yeah um but but lived a great life and uh served our country extremely well of course uh a great man one small step for a man one giant leap for mankind one of the one of America's most famous quotes. Yeah, um, and, yeah. He'll 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 live on in uh, in all of our all of our hearts. Is like he's he's the obviously like worldwide. You know, obviously each country has kind of their own historical figure for you know exploration. Uh, as far as you know, when you know the, our founding fathers or right, yeah, you know, Christopher Columbus. We have we have all that in in our country, but he's the the real 
explorer for the world, like the the face of the world for yeah. for you yeah. know the first person to actually walk on the moon. So we'll we'll be talking about him for a long time and yeah, near and dear to our hearts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was you know pioneering um, a new frontier for for all of the globe, not just one country. Yeah, so uh, pretty incredible, Neil Armstrong, the legend. Moving on to uh, our last segment, Planet of the Month. One that we actually skipped last month. Yeah, we did. We didn't even know about it, but that's okay. We had well, our we had our interview with John instead. Yeah, we had we had a little. We were preoccupied. We had we had talked to John, get his uh, get his take on uh, life and you know the uh, all that is the eclipse and uh, you know get get his hand hand in on the uh, the podcast here and um, you know get pick his brain a little bit. So we. A little preoccupied. Yeah, but, yeah. The podcast, yeah. you know, was well, a little bit longer, so it, it wasn't really necessary to have a planet of the month. Well, yeah. So but we but get we're we're back on track this month. We so. are. Yeah. We we're talking about Neptune this time. Uh, we don't have our Bell's Neptune beer to uh, correspond with our planet, but we're going to still talk about it anyway. Uh, Neptune is, of course, the eighth planet from the sun, so it's one of our more distant solar system planets. Yep. Um, couple interesting facts about Neptune. It's actually nearly 50,000 kilometers in diameter, so it is significantly larger than the Earth. This like, thing's massive. Like It's a freaking huge planet, and I don't think yeah. people really realize that. You know, you go through elementary school, you know that Jupiter is ginormous. You yeah. know that Saturn's a really big planet. It's got these large rings. But you don't really learn it. You know, you know, actually, you know, you learn Mercury is very small, but you don't really learn about all the details of some of these other planets. Yeah. And that this is an absolutely massive, gaseous planet, uh, very far from, from us. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, an interesting planet for sure. It To me, like, anytime I see Neptune in a, um, in, like, a textbook or, you know, whatever it is, a documentary, um, like the, the Voyager documentary, like, mm-hmm. it's very, very... Like along with Saturn, uh, honestly, all the outer planets, they're very eerie looking. They're just, yeah. it's very like I don't I don't know if it's just the you know, as opposed to when I look at Earth, from you know a far away satellite image or you know all the all the stuff that we have now or even an image of like Apollo 8's image of the Earth. To me, it's like a w- real warm feeling. You know, very you know, like that's home. Yeah. Like you look at another planet, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a weird feeling to look at another. It's like especially a detailed real life, real image of another mm-hmm. planet um, from a satellite like Voyager, um, and and it's just kind of hard to fathom that that's actually a real thing. You know, yeah. that's actually a real thing that exists, and yeah. it's and it in in space terms, it's not that far away, but. It's really far away, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, and it, yeah. when you, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. When you see a photo of it, it looks like it's some sort of fictional painting or yeah. or, or CGI image, but and that's like the real thing. It's the brilliance of the color that the that the atmosphere kind of uh, you know, look the just the way it looks from all angles from these satellite images is incredible. Um, it it really does. It, it takes on an interesting orbit around our sun. In our solar system, in fact, it takes 165 Earth years to orbit the sun. So that's insane. a long ass time. 
That's how far away it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's looping just, around the sun at a at a slow pace. Yeah, it's and for how big it is, it's just it's just this massive gas giant planet. It the the like I said, it's just it's weird. I get that sensation of like anytime you see an image of it, just I imagine myself in a spacecraft yeah. flying through. <laughs> Like on Voyager two, and I'm just like, and, and I'm, I'm, I have a little window, and I'm looking out. It's a, it'd be scary it if you're be, flying through oh space, and you're, you're like in, you know, you're just, you're headed towards, you know, wherever it is, like you, you hit all the, all of the outer planets, you hit, you know, Jupiter, Saturn, and all, like you just slingshot off of all of them, you, you end up at Neptune, and, you know, even like obviously. Just the the sheer size of the planet would mm-hmm. be just a very like I would be actually kind of ear like scared like even going to the moon I'd I'd feel kind of mm-hmm. like this is just very this is scary like yeah. I, I don't know it, it's kind of kind of a weird feeling kind it's of a, a weird eerie feeling kind of a you know but it's it's unworldly it's, for yeah sure. very unworldly it's maybe it's just something you know obviously if you're headed towards one of those planets it's you know, you're not used to seeing something like that. You're used to seeing where you live on Earth, but um, it's it's kind of weird. Kind of, it, it kind of, you know, it's kind of sci-fi, man. Yeah, very, very <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah, it's got yeah. such a thick atmosphere. It's just this big gas ball. Whereas Earth, it's like you know, it's got this relatively, in in comparison, yeah. very thin atmosphere that allows you to see right down to the continents themselves. This is just this like ball of thick gas. Uh, one note to make it was it was it's just pretty much a hydrogen ball, seventy five percent hydrogen. Yeah, just very strange that, that just this all of these uh, these chemicals kind of form this gaseous state and cave in on themselves to form this big blue planet, uh, very far away from our Earth. But uh, and and being so far away, not visible from Earth via the naked eye. Yeah. But via good telescope, you can get your eyes on it. Yep. And yeah. that's the, that's the crazy thing is that you can actually you know with as big as and uh, as bright as Jupiter is, um, and you, I've always kind of thought in the back of my head um, that the uh, Jupiter and Neptune and Uranus were all relatively you know distance wise they were kind of in their own little realm as far as distance wise away from us but the you know the fact that you can't even see neptune right from like you know during the in in the night sky you can't even no way you can see it but not even in yeah yeah. so with as even with as big as it is it's pretty crazy pretty it's very far away because you can see jupiter on on a clear night in certain times of the year, you can see it very brightly with the naked eye. Yeah. Let's see Saturn, Mars. Yep. Venus. Yep, all of them, yep. So it's, uh, just goes to show you. Yeah, it's one of the stranger planets yeah. in our solar system for sure. So that's the planet of the month, Neptune. We'll wrap up today's program with a couple shout outs. So, of course, like always, we want to give a shout out to our social media. Our Twitter and our Instagram handle, which are conveniently the same thing, which is at Eclipse on Tap. At Eclipse on Tap. Follow us, give us a shout out, 
Yep. Direct message us. Do whatever you think you need to do. Yep. Send us a space-related photo of the lunar eclipse, the total solar eclipse, something cool you found in your telescope. I really anything, anything, anything. Like, it doesn't want. have to do with, like anything with like science, space-related, space. yeah. science-related. Anything you want to do is like as long as it's you know obviously we we want to try to keep it uh, you know focused on um, obviously like space and and things like that. But if you got something else, you know it's it's we're we're always open to you know you know talking about yeah. it and doing something like that. If you got a topic that you want to bring up, uh, want us to bring up or talk about and kind of like uh, you know just have a general conversation about mm-hmm. uh and or look into let us know um any any photos of this past eclipse any photos if you're if you're you know on the other side of the world and you're you know you saw a total eclipse in your location send us a picture you know anything like that we're all about it we want to we want to talk about it we want to you know we can use your picture and we can educate and then, and talk about people, you know, things on, uh, on on this side of the world. So yeah, yeah, whatever you got. Yep. Yeah. Even if it's something like you drew a picture of Neptune, send yeah. us a send us a photo of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool. We we love all of it, and we'd love to see uh, some engagement with the social media. If you don't engage with social media, we also have an email that is eclipseontap at gmail dot com. So feel free to send us an email. Uh, we'll we'll happily um, incorporate it into our into our next show whenever it may be. Yeah. Uh, and if you wanted want us to shout it out on social media for you, then we can do that too. Um, uh, or if not, no big deal. So we're uh, real active on those platforms, and uh, we'd love to engage with our with our listeners and uh, get a good uh, you know understanding what people are seeing out there. It's what people are doing to get out and look up. Yep, exactly. If you, uh, and even if you, uh, yeah, going off of like drawing a planet, if you, if you, if you've sketched out a, a nice little drawing of the eclipse or whatever, yeah, show yeah. us that. If you've seen a UFO, yeah, <laughs> just send it on, send our, it on way. our way. We, uh, you know, we're six months into this project. We've uh, noticed we've got we've got a decent amount of listeners, and uh, so what that said. If you if you are a consistent listener of ours, or if it's your first time, but you feel like you really like what we're doing, you like the message that we're trying to spread, feel free to give us a, a rating on uh, or a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music Store yep. if you're an Android user, um, or on SoundCloud if you if you just stick to the uh, to the root there at SoundCloud. But Apple Podcasts is probably the the one most people I think are are listening to um, for their podcast needs. Um, but we'd love a rating. We'd love a, a review and um, to look back on those and make adjustments if needed and yeah. uh, look, look at some comments. And it would be great to see that. So so feel free to do that if you, if you have time. Uh, I think our goal for the end of the 2018 year is going to have 50 ratings, 50 ratings or reviews yeah. on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. That's a, It's a big goal, but I think we can get there. Um, yeah, with with the amount of listeners that we've seen, um, and, and in growing every podcast that we we add to the to the list, this being our sixth, um, we we feel or sorry, I should say episode we add to the podcast, this being our sixth, um, we we see uh, more and more listeners. So, give us a rating; it would really help us out. 
Um, and with that said, we want to give a shout out to to our listeners. So the one nice thing about today's podcasting technology is we have the, the analytics to see kind of where our listenership is based uh, geographically. And um, 26% of our total listenership is here local in Grand Rapids. So we like to keep it local. We're drinking local beers. Yep. Well, Michigan beers. We want to shout out to our Michigan Grand Rapids listeners. Thank you guys and, Thank you. and girls for for tuning in. Uh, some of you may be friends of ours. Some maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, that's the that's the fun part about a podcast is you don't know exactly who's listening. It's like the radio. But exactly. uh, but twenty six percent, which is uh, the majority listenership, is from Grand Rapids. Uh, interestingly enough, though, we have a large contingent of our listenership that is international yeah 13 percent of our listeners uh are located outside the u.s from countries ranging from japan france canada sweden germany united arab emirates and new zealand so thank you to our international listeners that means a lot thanks mate if that's a New Zealand thing, I'm not sure, but um, might be a uh, is that Australian? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> might, we might have offended our one listener there, but but uh, and it really it means a lot to to know that there's people that are outside of our own little hub here in Grand Rapids, outside of our state, outside of our country. Yeah, that have an interest in what we're doing, and uh, we love to see that. That's something we check in on the analytics or something that's really really inspiring it keeps us going uh to know that we've got this uh contingent of listeners that are outside the u.s and we hope that you continue to listen and uh absolutely you know because we we, we're going to cover eclipses of all kinds which totally entails the eclipses that are happening internationally doesn't have to be visible from gr grand rapids can be visible in japan france and some of the best eclipses you know that that happen are the ones that are in you know, all places of the world. So we don't want to, you know, it's, this is absolutely, obviously we, we sparked our interest from Hopkinsville and the, the 2017 uh, United States eclipse. Um, but we, we definitely want to, like some of the best images and best eclipses that have been out there are, are, are from all places of the world. And that's, that's what, that's what the, the cool part about this is. I, I hope everyone's listening because of the fact that they, are excited about one that's headed their way or uh, because they've experienced one as well. So roll exactly. tide, man. Roll yeah. tide. That, I mean, that exactly like the next one that we're going to be chasing is down in, in Chile in South America. So it's an international thing. It's not just that eclipses that cross the United States. We're not, we're not in it for just that. You know, there might be other people that were just interested just for the United States eclipse and then they're, they'll fall out until 2024 yeah. when it comes back. We're covering it all. Lunar, solar, annular, whatever it may be. Um, so with that said, I think that uh, about wraps it up yeah. for February. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. We're already two months into the new year. But we'll see you again in March. And hopefully here locally it will be a bit warmer. But with that said, uh, this has been another episode of Eclipse on Tap. We'll see you again next month. And uh, cheers. Yep. Yeah. See you later, guys. Mm-hmm.